All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drop the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here. Another another episode, Tim. Just another drop in the bucket. How you doing over there in North Carolina? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a rainy Friday here in North Carolina, but it's warm. It's like in the 60s. If you, I got shorts Crazy. and a t-shirt on. Hey, nice. I saw an article about that guy you mentioned. Tim and I, we were talking yesterday, I think, about that brewery guy who died across the street from you. It was in like yeah. a big national magazine. It's a big deal. He was like a so Tim lives across the street from a brewery, and a guy this past weekend, Tim, if you if I if I remember correctly, he fell from the roof or something and died. Crazy. It was on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, really sad. Wooden Robot Brewery. One of the co-founders invented a very popular beer here called uh, Good Morning Vietnam, I think. And yeah, just very very sad young man. Yeah, I just, I just was like, hey, Tim lives across the street. I didn't know you lived across the street from a brewery. <laughs> There's a few. Yeah, it's a good city. Yeah, anyways, moving on. Um, first, we'll give a shout out to our friends at Give Better. A lot of positive feedback. I think a lot of you are finally waking up and realizing this is a this is a no-brainer to sign up for Give Better because Tim and I have been getting inundated with people winning do re $100 bills, they send you, they, they send you a check. They don't send you a $100 bill, but it's very nice to see. But guess what? There's still time. We still have six days left until the end of February to sign up to go to givebetter.app slash DTG and get a chance to win $100. Scott free. No strings attached. Attach. Give them your, huh? That's, that's an important point because my buddy was asking me, he's like, yeah, that sounds good, but how much do you have to put down to win 100 bucks? And I was like, no, no, Wes, no, no, it's free. No credit card. Yeah. Just, just give me your information, name, first name, last name, and whatever teams you pick. And that's it. You get a hundred yeah, bucks. You know what, I, I think you might have to give them your phone number. Maybe. Worth it. Worth it. But that's like, it's totally worth it. Yeah. No credit card info. You don't have to just fill up form after form. It's very easy. It takes five seconds. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. Download the app. Play some games. I bet you if you did it today, you would win a hundred dollars by the by the week's end. So if you need a hundred dollars and I, Hey, I wouldn't walk over a hundred dollars. I could always use another bill in my wallet. So check it out. And they're a good company too. They're doing this for a good cause. They, they want to try to help people who gamble. If you lose, they give a portion of your losses to a good charity. So check them out. It's nice. You know what else is nice, Tim? We find Tim's really happy about this. He's been, and I will I'll be honest with all you guys out there and girls, a lot, a lot of female listeners. Tim's been up my behind for years about this. We got to get merch. We got to get stuff. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I've always said, I, I don't care. Do it then. And he, nothing really came to fruition. We've, we've had meetings with people here in Traverse City who like produce T-shirts, mass produce, and nothing really came about. But now Tim's very excited. Someone approached us and they said, we'll make some gear for you guys. We'll do all the hard work. All you guys have to do is promote it and you can get, you can make some money off of it. And me being me, I said, I don't care. I can care <laughs> less if we have shirts or hats, I, I get, whatever. This is how funny it is. So we finally make up these shirts and sweaters and Tim's like, we got to have some so we can wear on the show. I said, not a chance I'm buying money. I'm spending my money to buy a shirt and a sweatshirt, so I'm not I'm not getting them. 
But Tim, tell them, tell them about our merchandise. I just, it's crazy to not, you know, just get a, a shirt or two for your own show, but whatever. Yeah, very excited. We partnered <laughs> with Everything Hockey, which is just, you've seen their apparel before. They have those, um, the hockey lace hoodies in lots of different colors. They have all kinds of great merchandise, really high quality stuff, hoodies, tees, great customer service. If you go to droppingthegloves.com slash merch, it'll redirect you to their site. We also have links in our social media pages. I ordered some yesterday, John. I'm ordering some for every occasion for everyone in my life. Happy birthday. Here's a hoodie. Merry Christmas. Here's a t-shirt. This is, this is, this is my new go-to spot now. So check it out. Support the show. We really appreciate it. Now let's just get to, I'm not giving you your money back for all that stuff. Maybe the two things you order, Tim. I, I use my own money, John. Thank you very much. But then I'm going to give you money back from the portion that we get, right? That's what I was saying we, earlier. We get, we get a cut of everything, of all sales. But I, I, I said I will not take a cut of our cut that I give to you. But just You're for the first me bit. a cut of, of all sales. Thank you. Including but our I'm going to give sales. you 100% of the first bit because you, I'm not. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into the NHL news. Some interesting, interesting news out of Las Vegas because we hear of cap circumvention quite a bit, especially in the last few years. The Tampa Bay Lightning towed that line for both of their Stanley Cup runs. Players being on injured reserves. Nikita Kucherov didn't play the whole season, comes back in the playoffs and was fantastic. Last year with the Colorado Avalanche, there was some some inkling with Landeskog. Who else? It, they, there was somebody who was out, and I can't remember. They came back, but uh, I think it was Mark Stone. It was Mark Stone last year with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and before that with the Avalanche, they had something too. So teams have been doing it every single year. It seems like everybody thinks the teams are up to no good. These guys are actually healthy, and they're holding them out because they want to sign someone at the deadline. Then once the salary cap doesn't mean anything, the playoffs. These guys come back and they're healthy and away we go. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights are up to their no, no good dirty tricks again. Mark Stone is out for a while. Conveniently for the Vegas Golden Knights, he has reportedly lacerated his spleen. Everybody listening right now, point to your spleen. Show me in the body where it is. No idea where the spleen is. I'm guessing somewhere on the side, lower. I have no clue where it is. I have no clue what it does. But apparently it can be lacerated, and it's not good if it is. So the timeline for him being out, it's tough to pin down. But let me guess, he'll be available around playoff time. Does that timeline sound pretty good to you, Tim? Because that's what it sounds like GM Kelly McCrimmon saying. He's out for a while. We're going to put him on the LTIR, lacerated spleen. I don't even think we have spleens. I think it's all a game. Guess what? It frees up $9.5 million dollars. For the Vegas Golden Knights, isn't that convenient for a team that maybe could use some defensive help? Maybe could use a guy in the back end who helps because there's a lot of good defensemen who are going to hit the the market here this week. I don't know, Tim. Am I crazy? Well, just take the the cap situation out of it for a second. If you have a star player who's injured for just say several weeks to to several months, and you feel pretty good about being locked into a playoff spot, which Vegas is. Then, then that timeline sort of makes sense. Even if he was healthier, like a couple of weeks before the playoffs, it's like, hey, we, we know we're going to be there. You rest up and be ready for game one. So, I mean, there's a little bit of like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt there because that makes a lot of sense from like a, a player preparation standpoint, a roster preparation standpoint. You're getting like you, the, the bottom forwards are getting a little bit of extra ice time. You figure out who's going to be the 12th guy entering the playoffs, whatever. But the cap situation is impossible to ignore for teams that have done this before specifically Vegas. And like I saw a tweet that there needs to be like a Warren Commission type uh, investigation into the, this team that the NHL should look into it and they shouldn't be allowed to do it, whatever. I'm sure that this is a legitimate injury. I don't understand anything about this sort of thing, the physiology of it. But if your spleen is inside your body, how does that get cut? What lacerates it? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't have to know. But it does seem like there's something that's a little bit fishy about this. This is because just because of this has happened before. Yeah. And, and so you, you put stone on LTIR. You already have Robin Lanner on LTIR. And then, oh, by the way, Jack Eichel is also on LTIR. So if you can confirm that those two guys, Eichel and Stone, are going to be on the LTIR until the playoffs, which is just around the corner. The playoffs are a, a month and a bit away. You have $19.5 million that you've just opened up that you can now spend. 
And it's crazy because it's, it's funny money at that point because you could go out and get a player with a nine and a half million dollar salary and you have to pay him for two, two to three weeks, maybe a month, which equates to what? A million dollars? Not much. And then you have him for the playoff run. A primo grade A guy. Give up a first rounder, sure. Give up a prospect, sure. You're getting a superstar potentially to be on your team. They could do that twice. So I I like it. Play ball, man. If the, the, if you can swing this, if you can make this work, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Why what what what's stopping you from doing it? So I, I don't know. It stinks for all the other teams in the NHL that they don't have the ability to do this, but does this start a trend? We've talked about this for years. All of a sudden, McDavid goes down with an ankle injury and he's out. Oh, there's $12.5 million and he just wants a break. We talk about management. We see it in basketball, you know, time management. We got to make sure they're fresh for the playoffs. Guys sit out. Hockey doesn't have that. Everybody plays every game. You play 20, 25 minutes. Maybe you sit out one or two games before the playoffs after you're already secured a spot and you're not going to move in the standings. Maybe we see some load management in the last month of the season for these older guys. I don't know. Why wouldn't you? You can get your work in off ice. You can, you know, skate with the team, work out. First round, you're playing a, a powder puff usually anyways. You can ease into it, and then you're ready for the second and third round, and you're fresh as a daisy. I hope it doesn't happen. But it seems to me the benefit far outweighs the downside, Right. Yeah, I wish I was mad about this, but I'm not. Like you said, like if it's if it's legally allowed, technicality, whatever, then do like go for it. You still got to win the games, and I understand that. Like so, now Vegas is rumored to to want to go after Gensel, who's the premier free agent. Uh, sorry, a winger on the market. They're they're missing a winger now. Their best winger, arguably, with Mark Stone out, they can go get him, and they still have to give up assets to get him. But they don't have to clear cap space anymore because. <laughs> Stone's going on the IR. So maybe they bring back a Riley Smith who, you know, they liked, they've had him before, even Tarasenko, which isn't, you know, he's, it's a lot of name value, but still like these are good players that are going to be good in the playoffs. You still got to win the game. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not that mad about it. More credit to it. The Bruins last year, I'm pretty sure they only got Bertuzzi because Hall was on the LTIR and he came back right before the playoffs, but they were able to make that work. And he was, I think Bertuzzi was the last move they made like on trade deadline day. You know what yeah, I mean? So there's yeah. people are doing it. Um, I, I think it's fair. I, it's not cap manipulation. And the only teams that are really upset about it are like the fans of the teams in that division. The Oilers fans, the yeah. Kings oh, fans, yeah. whoever's going to have to play that team in the first round or two. Hell yeah. Would you want to line up against a team defending Stanley Cup champions? Oh, they have Jack Eichel. They have Mark Stone. They have Chandler Stevenson. They have Barbashev. They have Marsha So They already have a Stanley Cup team. Oh, and then we add Tarasenko and Jake Gensel. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. Your your first three lines are legit first lines on every team in the NHL. Like that's that would be a juggernaut if we've ever seen one. All right, but that begs a question, Tim. Who are the buyers and sellers in this this year's NHL playoffs? Who are the teams coming into the deadline saying, you know what, we're going to add. We want to improve our team, and we know the top teams are buyers. We get that. We know the bottom teams are sellers. But there's that middle section, Tim, and it seems to be growing every single year because the parity, the salary cap situation, more teams are in it than ever before. And you're seeing that in the West Coast, especially this year. There's at least six teams, maybe seven for that last wild card spot. The East is a little more clear cut. The, the two teams in the wild card spot are slowly, slowly gaining a little gap there between the third wild card team. But Tim and I are going to go down the list. We're going to start in the East Coast, which is a little more, like I said, clear in this subject. And we're going to see who's a buyer, who's a seller. But on top of that, who should just stay put? Who shouldn't go all haywire just because you're in the wildcard spot and start adding pieces and mortgage your future? Maybe stand pat because we're not there yet, which I like to do a lot. I, I'm one of those black and white guys. Tim knows this. I think you guys know it. If you have no business competing for a Stanley Cup, why are we trading for pieces? We should be selling. So in a lot of these, I think I'm just going to be sell. Let's go. Like let, Let's just kick the can to next year. Let's start building again for a Stanley Cup run next year. But let's start in the East, Tim. The surprising Philadelphia Flyers, currently as it stands today, year of our Lord, 2024, February 23rd, they are in third place in the Metropolitan Division. Seven points ahead of the third wild card team, so they're they're solidly in a playoff position, even if they dip down to the wild card. They're still in there. What are you smiling about? I just can't believe that they're there. I, yeah. I 
I was about to say, well, they're by the time the season ends, they're going to float down. No, they're seven points ahead of the Capitals, who don't even have any business being that close themselves. So Philly's going to the playoffs. It's going to happen. Yeah, at this point, there there's 25 games left, 27 games left. Seven points is not, you know, an insurmountable lead, but it's tough. Like you're talking two point, four point games every every time you go out there. But anyways, back to the Philadelphia Flyers. They're they're in good spot. You look at their roster, they have a few UFAs, Sean Walker, very expendable. They have Mark Stahl, Nick Sealer, who had a great fight the other day, by the way. Beat up a Chicago Blackhawks guy. They have some interesting trade pieces. Scott Lawton, two years left on his deal, making $3 million a year. He's been he's been shopped around lately. We think he might go and a friend of the show, Rasmus Reese to Lion. This guy's never met a trade deadline where he just is dipping his toe in the water saying, I should be traded. This guy's been on the trade deadline, the, the rumor mill. His whole career, every, every, every year, Risto, Risto, for the years he was in Buffalo, now in Philadelphia, nobody wants him on their team, but everybody wants to get him on their team. I don't understand how it works. So let, let's look at the Flyers, too. You mentioned it. Surprising to be in the hunt right now, having a really good year under John Tortorella. What do they do at this deadline? Do they add? Do they subtract? Do they stay pat? Because they got some valuable pieces there, but they also have a, have a lot of contract locked up for the next foreseeable future. They do. The big name right now is uh, Sean Walker. You mentioned uh, Scott Lawton. Those are two guys that like Lawton in particular. They, they do want to sign him long term. But the rumor is that like the, the price of centers right now, it's like they're going to at least hear out the offers. And, and why wouldn't they? So I think most likely they probably don't do anything unless they get blown away by an offer for any of these guys. And then maybe they sell off a piece of two. But you're going to the playoffs, like I said, and a torts team, no matter what the roster look like, looks like, no one wants to play them in the first round. You know what I mean? There's not going to be an easy out, regardless of how good you are and how bad you think the Flyers are. It's going to be a, a tough series. So I think most likely they don't do anything. If they get a good offer for, for a Risto or a lot and that they can't turn down, then they should go for it. I think this team is a seller. I think Danny Breer has put his stamp on the team and he's made it known that everybody's available. He said that as soon as he came into town, we were terrible last year. We've been a disappointing team the last few years. Everybody is available on this team. I don't think they trade Katuri. They gave him the C. I think Konechny has made his spot solidified since they gave him the A. I think Lawton will go. I think that makes sense. Like you said, all the centermen are drying up. Monahan's gone. You saw Lindholm go. The market for center is thin, and I think you can get a good return on him. And the back end has been crowded. They go out and they get Jamie Drysdale, excuse me, from the Anaheim Ducks. He joins Sanheim, Risto, Walker, York, Stahl, Sealer. It's a crowded decor. You, you have to make some room there. And so I think, obviously, Walker's going. They've tried to work something out with him and hasn't worked. He's gone. And I think Risto, if they could find somebody to take on some of that salary, will go. But yeah, I, I think they're sellers. There's no reason for them to add. They had a good, cute year. Don't add anybody and waste it all and then ruin your future. So, you know, they, they, they're in a good spot. They have some draft picks coming next year. They have some, you know, good momentum. They got a... a Florida's first rounder by the Giroux trade last year. So just go out, trade some people, and then regroup for next year and build on this success. Don't mortgage your future just because you're, you know, you're in the second wildcard spot or you're the third in the Metro. Good for you. Let's not ruin it. All right. The Detroit Red Wings, Tim, my hometown team state. They made a big win last night. Patrick Kane, big overtime winner, beautiful goal. They've been on a little bit of a winning streak. They beat the Colorado Avalanche last night. Not hard to do. Not easy to do. Not easy to do. So what are they going to do? They're first in the wildcard position. They got six points up on the third place team for the wildcard spot. UFAs there. Perron, Kane, Sprong, Gossespierre. Pretty pretty big names on their team who are, are contributing a lot, who could be gone next year. What do you think? They have to spend a ton of money this offseason. Mo Sider, friend of the show, going to want a big raise. He makes 800000 Going to make a lot more than that. Raymond, Lucas Raymond, makes the same amount. Kid's going to get a big raise. So they could potentially be signing two guys to 10 plus million dollar contracts this offseason. What are the Red Wings going to do? Tell me, well, Tim. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that neither of those two guys had signed extensions yet. Usually you, you'd see those guys locked up earlier in the season before you get anywhere close toward trade deadline or end of season or anything like that. So I just, I just hadn't noticed that. Um, yeah, I think you're going to think I'm Can crazy. I just put a stamp on this? Eiserman likes to get them when their value is the highest, when they have the most um, bargaining power. 
<laughs> and then he likes to resign them to huge deals. The eyes are playing with you. Yeah. All right, what were you going to say, Tim? Sorry. I think, I think honestly, they're going to add at the deadline. It's weird to say because I don't believe in this group to like win a playoff <laughs> round, probably. But like, if you look at, they've they've surprised everyone probably but themselves. I think they they thought they'd be a playoff team all season long. They've got a little bit of cap room. I think they probably go out and add a, a small piece or two and just see what this group can do in the trade in the in the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised to see these guys be buyers. I don't know. It makes me nervous that, you know, they they're on a little bit of a run here. They beat Calgary, Seattle, Chicago or um, the Avalanche. But then you get waxed last week by the Canucks and the Oilers. And it's like, really have it? Like, those are some premier teams out West. And we just, they just wax us eight to four and four to one. I don't know where I stand on this. I think they'll add as well. I think Eisman doesn't stand packed, but it's just it's so tempting to take those trade pieces. A David Perron, Daniel Sprong. Sprong would be a guy who could garner a lot. Shane Gossespierre, go out, trade him. He can run your power play. He's not terrible in the defensive zone. Those guys could be huge trade pieces, but maybe you want to keep them around and re-sign them. I don't know because they have been so good in Detroit, and Kane's been a revelation. The guy's been lights out since he's been there. Point per game, I think. He's just been fantastic for Dylan Larkin. I'm on the fence with this. I think they add two. Yeah. But don't do you trade a first rounder? Is that what you do? Probably not, but they've already got so many good young players. Like you've got your your premier defenseman, you've got your premier young forward in Lucas Raymond. You got a lot of they just re-signed Rasmussen to an extension. He's 24 years old. He's a good player. Like You've got your guys up front now with Debrinket and, and Larkin. So maybe, but probably not. I, I don't think they should. Who knows what Arjo Plan's got up his, up his sleeve. I just get nervous about those those contracts for Raymond and uh, Cider. Imagine yeah, Cider's being, member. Imagine being 10? a GM. I think Cider's going to want 11. But do I think he gets it? He, he's been, the last two years has been a drop off from his rookie year. He was fantastic as rookie year. Did he did he win the Calder? He did. Yeah. Calder winning guy gets 50 points as rookie year. He's gotten 42 last year. He's only got 30 this year in 56. Drop off to I, say the least. I read a little bit about this online. He's just getting like tougher minutes. He's getting the D zone starts. He's getting the tougher matchups. He's obviously on other teams' radar more than he was his rookie year. I don't think if you watch the games, he's had that much of a drop off, but points wise, the numbers are what they are. He's, he should be putting up a little bit more points right now. I don't think in arbitration they care where you start the where you start to play. He's still gonna he's still gonna argue for it though. Like I'm taking right. I'm taking the, the heaviest loads and the most the, the biggest defensive responsibilities. You should be paying me for that. You're right. I think he gets north of ten for sure. All right. Yeah. I think they buy. I think the Red Wings buy. I agree with you. Moving on, the Tampa Bay Lightning, second in the wild card. Surprisingly, they're five points ahead of the third place wild card team, which is the Washington Capitals. No first round picks in the next two years. Traded away. Unrestricted free agent Steven Stamp, Coast Tyler Mott, Austin Watson, and Bar Boulay, Dahan on the back end, and Flurry. So it's pretty much Stammer, who's the UFA. The guy makes nine and a half million, face of the franchise, captain of the team. What are they going to do with him moving forward? I think they'll find a, a good number for him to stay. I don't think they you know, trade him away. But what do you do? You don't have any first-rounders to trade away. You don't really have any good pieces. Is this, a, is this a clear-cut stand pat, or do they try to add the deadline to try to maximize these guys? Because as the window, it's getting a little tight, Tim. It's getting a little tight there. You see the Maple Leafs taking off. You see other teams in the East. The Rangers are finding their footing. All of a sudden, it's not the Lightning's conference anymore. They're in the second wildcard spot for Pete's sake. What do they do? Yeah, I think this is a clear-cut stand pat. Um, so you don't have any first-round picks. You don't really have any cap room. They have Sergachev in the LTIR. So I saw a report that they're looking pretty hard at Hannafin. They're going to want that number two guy to play with Headman or play in the second pairing. So there's probably a, a, a spot to fill there. But you just don't have the pieces. You've gone all in. You've had your runs. I think this is the group that you're going to have. And I think this is still a dangerous group. This is, a, this is a group that I think no matter where they end, I've said this before, they can beat anyone. They could they could win the Stanley Cup. I honestly believe that. So if they're on, they're on. I think it's a matter of just what this group does. I don't think you add anything to it. Yeah, I don't think they can. I think with the, with the lack of the first-round picks, lack of a deep prospects pool, if, if you want to go out, how are you going to get a Hannafin? Can't. Other teams are going to bid more. Like, it's just the nature of the beast. You, you don't have any pieces to trade, but... The loss of Sergachev is a big one. 
It's a really big deal. They don't have the back end that they had in years past. Maybe you go out and get a smaller piece, bring in a Zach Bogosian. You know, a guy who's familiar with the team, who's not going to cost you anything, pick him up for a fifth rounder and plug him in on the back end. I don't know. Sergachev is a huge loss there. But yeah, I, I think they it's a forced stand pat. They, they can't do anything else. Julian Brisebois would love to, to make some moves, but can't. By the way, that Hagel trade, he is, I saw some stats somewhere. He is top five in five on five points this year. He's killing he's it. He's so good. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely incredible. So that contract's looking pretty sweet. That two first round picks for Brandon Hagel that everybody lambasted might go down as Julian Brisebois' best trade. Like it's just, it's funny how it works out. He saw something that not a lot of people saw. All right, moving on. Washington Capitals, third in the wild card spot, five points behind the Lightning. They won last night. They've been, they, they somehow win. I don't know how they do it. TJ Oshie, though, went down with a, one of those non contact injuries, usually the worst. So we can say he's out for the foreseeable future. His cap comes off. Do they add? They have a lot of UFAs. Anthony Mantha, Max Pacioretty, who's whatever. Albel Kubel, who seems to just win a Stanley Cup wherever he goes. Joel Edmondson on the back end, and then Kuznetsov, who's in the player assistance program. I don't think you can trade him when he's in that program. But the main one is Anthony Mantha and the big UFAs. The guy they traded from Detroit, got him. He was going to be the game changer. What do the Capitals do, Tim? What do they do? I can't believe we're even having this conversation to begin with. They've won three in a row. They don't have anyone even sniffing a point per game. Ovechkin leads the team, I think, with 42 points which is well below that pace. So it's really strange, um, but they keep winning. They keep figuring it out. And even the goalie situation that they started with so well, like Charlie Lindgren has, has really tapered off. He's playing, you know, average now, not terrible, but he's not been that good. I, I don't think you do anything. I think if anything, honestly, you probably sell, especially with Oshie going down last, last night. I think you'd probably try to get rid of some of these contracts and then just see in, this, in the summer, you know, who wants to play with Ovi and who they can bring in some other talent to mix it up because they're going to want to stay competitive just to get Ovi that uh, scoring opportunity and break the record, but I don't think you'd do anything here at the deadline. Who wants to play with? Nobody wants to play with Ovi. Why would you? The guy's old and crusty. Dylan Strom did. He didn't want to play with them. He was running out of options. He was being ran out of town wherever he went. So he just landed in Washington. He's like, yeah, for sure. You want me to play in the NHL? Absolutely. And then they signed him to a big ticket. So I like Dylan Strom. I played with him. Good play. All right. Team tied with the Washington Capitals. Third in the wild card. There's three teams tied in the third wild card spot. New Jersey Devils. This is a surprising one. They're five points behind the Lightning. A lot of UFAs. Valuable UFAs. The main one, Tyler Toffoli. He is a, he's a, a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. We know that. Tyler or Thomas Nozick. You got Chris Tierney, playoff veteran. Then you got some guys on the back end. Miller, Smith, and Simone. They have a lot of money to spend. Thanks to Dougie Hamilton being in the LTIR. Very surprising spot that they put themselves in. What do the Devils do? There's still some time to catch those pesky Tampa Bay Lightning. They can still get into the playoffs if they win some games. But, Tim, you're in a, a logjam there in the fourth wildcard spot. You're tied with the Islanders. You're tied with the Capitals. you got the, you know, some teams behind you sniffing at your heels. You haven't been playing very good hockey. Your goaltenders are atrocious. What do you do if you're the New Jersey Devils? This is tough. They won the stadium series, obviously, which they needed because that was against the Flyers. But they've lost two in a row. They've lost three of the last four. The last two games, they've outscored 11-3. to three. Really, they're just looking so flat-footed right now. But if you look at the, re the remaining schedule for the month, they have the Canadians tomorrow, they have the Lightning on Sunday, and then they have the Sharks on a road trip the following Tuesday. So they, you, you expect to win all three of those games. Two of them are, are gimmies, you, you'd hope, and the Lightning is a must-win game for a, a playoff spot. So you think you, your plan is to win all three of those, the situation looks a little bit different. So I think the Devils, I think they think they're still one of the premier teams in the, in the East. Besides the fact they've been held back from some injuries, Dougie Tim, Hamilton. stop yeah. beating around the bush. Are they buyers or are they sellers? They're definitely not sellers. I think they think they're one of the better teams, and so they think that they can go out and add some pieces if they have the cap room. If not, you still have a really good roster. So I think they're probably buyers. This is where you'd be a terrible GM. Awful GM. You're hoping. You're so hoping. Oh, we're going to be good. Look at we were the preseason favorites. We're going to be good. You have to exist in reality. These guys okay. are Tell terrible. They're, they're tied with the, the Capitals and the Islanders, for Pete's sake. They're chasing the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are better than they are. Their goaltending situation is an absolute mess. Their best defenseman is out for the year. 
They have no business right now adding pieces. You have a huge piece in Tyler Toffoli that you can ship out. I ship out Toffoli. I ship out everybody I can. And then I, I regroup for next year. Like you said, they have these guys signed. All these guys are signed long-term to big contracts. You got Meyer, you got Hearshire, you got Hughes, you got Timo Meyer, I said again. They're signed long-term. Dougie Hamilton will come back healthy. Let's move on. Let's let's punt to next year. This year didn't work out. We had injuries, inconsistent play. We need a goaltender. If anything, maybe they trade for a young goaltender. But there's not really many young, good goaltenders out there that you're going to grab at the deadline. So they need to be sellers. Because if they don't and they squeak into the playoffs, maybe they'll lose in the first round. They will. It's just That's just a matter of fact. And then, then what do you do? Then you're just behind the, the eight ball again. You're going to lose to Foley in the offseason. You're going to lose all these guys in the offseason for nothing. But we, but we made a run for it. You have to sell. Sell fast. All right. New York Islanders. Tied with the Devils. Tied with the Capitals. Five points behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. There going to be sellers too, right, Tim? Sell. I'm so out on this team. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> Just get rid of everyone. It's I think so funny. So, I, I flip-flop on them. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. Start with the goaltending. You've got like part of what they've been, why they've been so, so successful in the last three to four years has been that they have two legit, very good goaltenders. Sorokin, obviously not himself this year, but obviously he's not going anywhere. Varlamov, he's under contract for four more years which doesn't make it that desirable because he's 35 years old, but it's a very good contract, two and three quarters. So it's like maybe that's a, 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 if a team's looking for a goaltender, maybe that's one that you that you go out and get. If worse comes to worse, you buy him out. The cap hit's not going to be that bad. Um, so I feel like Varlamov could be a piece that gets moved at the deadline. If not, it's the bottom six that we're looking at. The Clutterbucks, the Matt and Martins of the world, both expiring contracts. Mike Riley, a depth defenseman, can't seem to find a home in this league. Maybe he'd go out and add him. Um, Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman, not the not the the star. Like there's there's a lot of pieces that I feel like could be valuable. Not to mention Kyle Palmieri, two years at five million dollars is is not that bad. So if, I feel like you're going to see this team hopefully if they're smart, sell, 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 and move on and try to regroup next year. Yeah, this this team needs to do more than trade their UFAs because their UFAs are not tradable. No one's going to want a Mad Martin. Someone might take a flyer at Cal Clutterbuck. He's been there for over a decade. You know, he he's made his mark there. And then the defensemen are, they're not really valuable. Mike Riley, Sebastian Ajo, no thank you. You have to trade some of the higher-end guys of this team who are signed long-term. I'm talking about the Anders Lees of the world. He's your captain. Trade Brock Nelson. His value will never be higher, Brock Nelson, right now. He's having a fantastic season. He's scoring goals. He's playing good. you got to get rid of him. Can you get rid of Jean-Gabriel Pajot? Maybe get rid of Kyle Palmieri. Those are the guys you want to get rid of. Your future is Barzell, it's Horvat, it's Pollock, and it's uh, Mayfield. That's it. And and uh, Sorokin, who, by the way, and his Dobson. contract. No, and Dobson. Dobson. Sorokin's contract kicks in next year, 8.25 for eight years. Like, what the hell are we doing here, Islanders? He's tw- He'll be 29 years old. You, you got him signed to, he's 37. Thanks a lot, Lou. Thanks a lot. Nice parting gift. Because Lou's going to be gone too. Fire his ass. That should be the first change. Get rid of Lou Lamorell. The fact that he's running this team is just laughable. Absolutely laughable. They don't have any draft picks. They have their own. That's it. That's it. They don't have any extra ones because he, he guy, terrible GM. I'll debate a lot of people about his lack of GM skills anytime you want because it's just, it's, talk about living on your past success. He won a couple Stanley Cups with the Devils a million years ago. He's been riding that for years now. Terrible. These people, they they should sell, but Lou won't because he's the worst GM in the league. So, yes, Islanders, shockingly, sell, sell, sell. Sell as fast as you can. They haven't been able to make a move in the last couple weeks. Get moving. All right, let's move west. Los Angeles Kings, first place in the wild card. They've been responding since the All-Star break. They've been playing well, back in the hunt, trying to catch up to the Edmonton Oilers for third place in the Pacific. I don't think they'll do it based on how well Edmonton's playing. They got a couple UFAs. Matt Roy, arguably their best defenseman. Drew Doughty thinks different. He's a good piece. Michigan Tech grad. You can probably get a couple first-rounders for him. That guy's a stud. Trevor Lewis, we know what he does in the playoffs. A good depth piece that could be addition for anybody would take him. Much like the Detroit Red Wings, 
the LA Kings are going to have some decisions this offseason. A lot of RFAs. Quentin Byfields, Alex Turcotte, Kaliev, and Lazat, who's a lesser-known RFA, but he's going to you know, take some money, two, three, four million dollars. All those guys are due contracts this offseason. What do the Kings do, Tim? They had a good year this year. Last year fell off. The year before, they were really solid. Lost in the playoffs to Edmonton, that exciting Game 7, where they should have won. But what do the LA Kings do this this uh, trade deadline, Tim? I think they're adding. I think the West is just so it's it's so weird because there's so many good teams that you think it's going to be like locked up, but it's so open because there's no one team that rises way above the pack. And the Kings, even though they're they're a little bit further down, they're in the thing the first wild card spot. There's still, I think, a team that could go on a run. And I'm fine if I find the right move, the right deal. I'm adding somebody, probably defense. Yeah, I go back and forth with the Kings because they they showed so much promise to start the season. Then they just went on that huge swain, swan, swain, just stretch. I don't know what word. Where they were terrible. I don't either. I'm just thinking of something. (laughs) But I agree. I think they add. I think they have a lot of good prospects. They could dangle in front of teams. Those four guys I just mentioned. Why not dangle one of them in front of a team? They just called up Turcotte and Kaliev from the AHL. Give them a little dip their toe in the NHL water. Maybe that's, you know, so they can trade them. Maybe they know they can't keep all these guys around for a long-term run. I think they add. I think they have a good team. I think you nailed it on the head. The West is wide open. Do you trust trust the Dallas Stars? I don't. Avalanche, they, they're beatable. Canucks, I don't trust them in the playoffs as far as I can throw them. So there's a lot of unknown in the Western Conference right now. We know the Knights will be there, but like we mentioned, they're dealing with injuries. So anybody could take this conference and run with it all the way to the Stanley Cup. And it could be the LA Kings. So I think they add. I think out of all the wild card teams, out of all the teams we're going to talk about, they have the most to gain for adding at the deadline. So they're they're a hard bye-bye-bye. Rob Blake, get on the phone, start adding pieces. All right, St. Louis Blues, Tim. Much like the Philadelphia Flyers, shockingly, St. Louis is in the second wild card spot. They're playing great. They're winning games. They're they're just just competing. They get waxed eight to one one night. They come back and win three to two the next night. They have a short memory for the for this season because they're what are they doing in the second wild card spot? Not really many enticing UFAs. They got Kasperi Kapanen, Sammy Blaze, Oscar Sunkfist, Marco Scandella. Does anybody want those guys? Maybe as like an extra piece, a thirteenth forward, a seventh defenseman. Maybe the big piece they have right now that have, it has been apparently on the market is Pavel Bushnevich. Solid second line forward winger. It's going to take a lot to get him out from St. Louis. They they really like him there, but he has been rumored to be on the market. The big thing with St. Louis is and we've mentioned this time and time and again. They have a lot of money tied up for next year and the year after and the year after that, and a lot of money tied up on the back end with the defensemen who are not very good. Colton Branco, Tori Krug, Nick Letty, then you got Justin Falk. That was the big four that was supposed to lead them to Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. Hasn't really worked out. Those guys are signed for multiple years. They're all making four, five, six, seven million dollars. A lot of money tied up on the back end with not a lot of output. What do they do, Tim? Obviously, they're not going to add. I don't think they have any business adding. I think we know that. But you do have some good pieces up front. You have some good, good talent in the prospects pool. You got Kairou, you got Robert Thomas. You have some good pieces. Do you maybe add for the future? Or do you sell? Just fire sale. What are you doing? It's funny you made the comparison to Philly because I was going to make the exact same one. And I think their approach to the trade deadline will be similar in that they are probably not looking to add anybody, but also not sellers unless they get blown away by an offer. And the big one being Bushnevich, like you said. Like if someone wants to give them some money uh, or give them some assets for a Sunquist or a Kapanen, then maybe sure you do it. Bushnevich is the one that he's going to make a good team a lot better if he does get dealt, but I don't think they'd rather keep him, right? And they'd rather see what this group can do in the playoffs. So I think probably they stand put unless they get blown away by an offer. But here's the thing. If you're Doug Armstrong, the GM, are you selling some veteran forwards that you have? A Braden Shen, a Brandon Saad, a proven Stanley Cup champion, Kevin Hayes, who's he, he only makes three and a half because Philly kept some of his cap when they went to St. Louis. So the, the cap hit on him isn't that high, but are you shopping these guys who have some term left on their contract, I am, but they, you, you're going to make your team worse because these guys do play a big part. I'm shopping all my vets, all the defensemen on the back end I just mentioned. I'm shopping them and all the forwards who have two, three years left on their everybody but Kyrou and Thomas, basically. I'm shopping everybody else. 
because I, I don't think this team has any business being in the spot they are. But it, I guess that does give them a little leverage if you're, if you're making a deal because you can say, hey, we're in the playoffs, but we're willing to shop some Brandon Saad. He's having a good season. Kevin Hayes doesn't make very much. You want a Braden Shen, our captain? I'm willing to let him go. He's, he's a poor man's bull Horvat. What do you think? That's what I'm doing. I'm selling. I'm not staying pat. I'm selling, actively selling players right now if I'm St. Louis. But that's why I'm yeah. a great GM. <laughs> And these guys don't know what yeah, they're talking about. Just take your take your playoff team and make it worse. I think you'd, you'd uh, have a lot of fans there. Well, I would be fired instantly. That's the thing. I need a runway <laughs> if I'm going to be a GM because you you have to. It's like a win now mentality. I need a I need a good seven years for my total vision to come to fruition. I need to come in clean house, oh. keep pieces that are valuable to me, and then transition for the future. You're just such a prophet. You just got to give them the time for the for it to come true. Sometimes it takes some time, you know, you can't just all of a sudden expect things to bloom. You got to put some fertilizer, some water. You got to, you know, plant the seed. I'm like a mustard seed. It's going to grow, baby. All right. Nashville Predators. They're tied for the second wild card spot with the the St. Louis Blues. Shocker. There's a clog jam at the Western Conference. They have a lot of free agents coming up, but not a lot that are very valuable. A Trenin, Gurianov, Novak. I'm not going to even list them all. Tyson Berry would be the only one who's valuable on the on the back end. A good puck-moving D-man. They have just – last year, they cleaned house. Traded Tyler Janot. Tanner Janot, excuse me, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They got rid of Ryan Johansson, gave him to the Colorado Avalanche. Michael, Mikael Granlin, he sent him to Pittsburgh. You got rid of Matias Ekholm, dished him off to Edmonton. You got Nito Niederreier, shipped him off to Winnipeg. You bought out Matt Duchesne, to gutted your team. Like those are high end guys, top end forwards. With the, you know, the implications that we're going to just be in a rebuild mode for the next foreseeable future. Brought in the new coach. Do they continue that, Tim? Even though they're tied for the second wild card spot, because you do have a couple pieces that maybe you can trade, or do you add? There were rumors they're going to trade UC Saros out there. So what do you do if you're the Nashville Predators? Yeah, you're sellers. I don't care that they're in a wild card spot right now. I don't believe in this team whatsoever. And so if you can get assets for, for trading off some of these guys now, I do it. I think all the teams right behind them, the Kraken, the Flames, even the Wild, are, are even though they're all behind them in the standings, are better than you. So if I'm the Predators, I'm looking to sell. You think they're not as good as the St. Louis Blues, the Nashville Predators? Yes, correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. I disagree. All right. Seattle Kraken. Three points out of the wild card spot. Everyone's darlings last year. They beat the Avalanche in the first round. Everybody thought it was fantastic because it was fantastic. Well, they find themselves on the outside looking into. They have some good UFAs. I think out of all the teams that are on this bubble, these guys maybe have the most valuable UFAs. They got Jordan Everly. They got Alex Wenberg. You got Thomas Tatar, who could be a good piece. Uh, Pierre Edward Belmar would be a good fourth line guy. I think he's 56 years old. And then you got Justin Schultz on the back end, who still is kicking around too. Big deal for them is you got Matty Beignets. Going to need a new deal this offseason, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as we thought it was two years ago. This 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 works in the favor of Seattle, where he was killing it two years ago. Now maybe he's fallen off a little bit. What does Seattle do? Tim, are they going to make a push, try to get back into the playoffs? Um, I don't think they'll be buyers. Uh, I think if anything, they're sellers if they don't stand pat. And I, I am okay with them selling because this is there's such a weird, unique situation because they're the newest team in the league. They don't have like years of of prospect development like all the other teams have they don't have like a huge pipeline of up-and-coming guys and i feel like if i'm in this group and this gm i'm looking to add to the pipeline and you've got a lot of players who aren't making a ton of money that that do hold a lot of value like there's no bad contracts on this team like can you name any no i, I don't see any bad maybe alexiak makes a little bit too much because he's not as good as he used to be but four and four point six you're okay with that you know what i mean so there's not a lot of like dead weight from a roster and salary cap perspective, but you also, I, I'd be willing to trade almost all of these guys. Yeah, I agree. I think they should be a seller. I don't think they're there yet, but they, Wenberg would be the one I'm going after. I think he's a good player, but I agree. He, there is a seller. All right, a couple more Calgary Flames. We know they're going to be sellers. They got four first rounders coming up in the next two years. They will add more first rounders if they can. They have the best defensive crop that they're going to trade. They got Hannafin. And they got Tanev. Those two guys are the pieces that need to be moved. We already know they will be moved for the most part. Tanev has turned down contract after contract. Hannafin said at the beginning of the season, I'm not going to sign here. Moving on. They traded Lindholm, Zadorov, Toffoli last year, Monahan, Kachuk. 
they will trade those UFAs. The big question I want to ask you, do they trade Jacob Markstrom? Had a bounce back year this year. He has been the reason they've been so successful. It hasn't been Huberto. It's been Markstrom. The guy's been playing really, really well. Do they trade him? He's 33, I want to say, has a couple years left on his deal. Do you go out and actively shop Markstrom? I don't know. I, I think you probably you probably hear the offers, right? And and that's already happening. He's, his name is coming up on all the, the trade rumor reports and all that. He's 34. And so the way I think about it is like the money that you've got locked up into your team, I understand you're trading away a lot of talent, but you still are paying a lot of guys like Huberto, like Kadri, like Manjapani, Kuzmenko. Like you, those guys are, are making enough money where you feel like you should be contending for a playoff spot. And if you trade away Markstrom, who's next? Like, who do you bring in that gives you a chance to be a contender next year between the pipes? Vladar, they don't, they don't believe in him. They were, I think that he was waived or sent down at one point this year. Like, he's not, he's, he's a backup. So if yeah. you get rid of him, who, who plays goalie for you next year that gives you a better chance than Markstrom does? So unless they're blown away, I think probably they, they stand pat other, on Markstrom specifically. So you're going to end up in a Mike Smith situation where you got a 36, 37 year old goaltender making six million dollars. He's played in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. so you're okay with that. I'm I'm trading Markstrom. I feel like he's resurrected his career. You have to just take advantage of that because he he he's not going to be better next year. Goaltenders age like like cheese, not good. Or does cheese age good? They age like bread. Because <laughs> some cheese, yeah, it's they age like milk. But then that would could potentially turn into something good. It could turn into cheese. Like cheese. <laughs> All right, Minnesota Wild, four points out of the wild card spot, surprisingly hanging in as as best as they can. They have some decent UFAs, but nothing to you know talk about. We mentioned Bogosian; he's a UFA. Alex Goligoski, one of those defensemen who just is around always and doesn't really make many mistakes. They still have a huge dead cap space next year. The last year in cap purgatory, fourteen point seven million dollars. They can't spend because of the Suter and Parisi buyouts. What, what do they do, Tim? Do you trade Mark Andre Fleury? I guess he's there too. No, I don't think they do anything. <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah, because he's got he's got a um, a no move clause, I think, and he's already said he doesn't want to go anywhere. So I don't think that he anyone gets moved. I think you this don't team think is he just, would move it if the if the Toronto Maple Leafs said we want Fleury, will he waive his trade? No trade clause. There's a hundred percent chance he's waving it. Are you kidding me? He's gone. Maybe, but the report I read is most likely he doesn't he doesn't waive it. So I guess yeah. non zero chance that a team comes in and says, Hey, what if Boston trades Allmark and then they want Flurry to back up Swayman? And then he's like, Hey, you know what? Maybe. But that's not obviously gonna happen. But um no, I think most likely the wild don't do anything at the deadline. They probably can't. Yeah. No. I, that's what I mean. Much like Tampa Bay, I think they're kind of handcuffed. They don't have a lot of options for trading players. I, I think they like their young players. They they like their forward group. They just don't have enough money to add more. So they have to go through one more year of cap hell and then come out the other side of it, hopefully still competitive. All right, Tim, moving on. What are we doing here? Quick hits. Quick hits brought to you by DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners, limited time's going on for quite a while. You know, I got to say, <laughs> but don't, but not forever. For, for an extended limited time. 25% <laughs> off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Use promo code NATION25, offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Interesting little tidbit I saw. Uh, Chara was on a podcast, the Full Send podcast. Who cares what know. Chara has to say? I, I can think care it's less. Yes, you know, everyone. People think, by the way, I still see these comments that that you ran away from Chara, that you would not False. fight him. Asked him to fight multiple times. I know, I know. They, they, they don't listen to the show, apparently. They don't. Um, but he was asked who his favorite player in the NHL is right now. And his response was really, I thought it was interesting. He said, Ryan Lindgren. Ooh. Here's the quote. I don't think any player really embodies what a hockey player should be in the modern game like he does. Fox gets a lot of the attention in New York, but Lindgren is the catalyst. I think Char obviously is an old school type player. I think it's really interesting and he's not a super skilled guy, Lindgren, but when I picture him, I'm picturing him hurt. I'm picturing him beat up. He's taking pucks to the face. He's, he's getting beat up in fights. He's getting laid out and he always just comes right back. And so, yeah, it's a cool little, cool little uh, shout out there. Yeah, for every Adam um, Fox, there's a Lindgren. For every McCarr, there's a Taves. For every, when I was in Chicago, for every Keith, there's a Jalmerson. Like, there's a guy who, you know, carries a luggage for these, these skill guys. So, I don't, I don't think he's my favorite player, but he's fun to watch. Yeah. 
Chara. Kick rocks. I'm just kidding. Nice guy. <laughs> um, update on Trevor Zegras. Uh, Pierre Lebron said on SportsCenter that the Ducks have listened on Zegras, but they're, they're not the ones shopping him. They're not bringing up his name in, in trade conversations. They're hearing offers. So other teams are calling them, asking about uh, Zegras, and they're not hanging up, and they're not offended. They're not upset that you're asking about his name, which is still interesting and still like compelling that you know he could be moved. But they're not the ones actively shopping him. Just to clarify some of the rumors, top team <laughs> that's, right that's now so funny. <laughs> is Montreal. That's that's the the top link right now. Pat Verbeek, I'm not I'm not going to call you guys, but I'll trade this guy for sure. <laughs> just 100. <laughs> percent He's out there, but I'm not going to call you. Uh, Verbeek wants him gone like yesterday. So like, you can he, tell. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he hates him. Hates him. Talk about uh, like a player, like the modern day, what Chara says, he's not a modern day player. Zegras is the modern day player. <laughs> That's him. And Pat Verbeek doesn't like him. All right. What's going on? We got to get our Boston update. They lost in overtime yesterday. So they've already gotten five points in six games. They're doing pretty good. Ampus Lindholm, yeah. week to week, isn't traveling with a team. Anything else? It's just not looking good. Not good for them. We'll see if this affects how they they, they approach the trade deadline. Maybe he goes oh. in the LTIR, comes back in uh, first round. We'll see. Yeah, and then they get all these stud forwards. All right, I saw this. Um, the rookie Remke from the Rangers. Mm-hmm. He got in the big fight in the outdoor game with with Matt Martin. Uh, he got ejected in his second NHL game. Terrible hit on uh, Bastion. Just like picks his head. <laughs> it's like good start to his career. Goes from like the top fighting Matt Martin in the outdoor stadium and MetLife Stadium. Then he's now he's going to get suspended. It's a it's a it's a bad hit. Well, all right, everybody. So, what? A couple of things. First of all, initiation to, to Rempe, welcome to the league, is being having your name uh, announced wrong by John. Couldn't even say it right. Pronounced wrong. Rempe. Rempke? R-E-M-P-E. So, Rempe, welcome to the league. You're official, you've officially made it. How am um, I saying it wrong? Rempke. You, Rem- Remke. There's no K. Um, Frank K just tweeted silent. this. No- <laughs> it's an invisible K that's not silent. Um, <laughs> no hearing expected on Rempe. Just a big man making a hit. So he's I think deaf. Do he doesn't hear. Yeah. My father-in-law's deaf. It makes it hard to talk to him. Like he's got 90%. My kids scream at him. So they go over there <laughs> and they just, you know, for like a little play date with grandma and grandpa, they come home and they're all just screaming still. Cause they're used to talking to grandpa. I'm like, stop mm-hmm. screaming in the house. It's just wild. So poor kid. If he's yeah. deaf, lost the hearing. All right. Um, anything else, Tim? Go buy some drop in the gloves merch. Go Why check it out. Links are screaming at me. You're yelling too. You oh, summoned my kids. John, have a great it. weekend, man. Do we have any promo codes for him to save some money? No, you said I wasn't allowed to do that. So we'll do something at some point. No, we're not. No, nobody needs any more. The stuff's already cheaper than all the other stuff out there. We made sure of that. So go buy some stuff if you want. Send it to Tim. He'll sign it. But uh, all right, everybody, (laughs) have a good weekend. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 